Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. Tannin' Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Buccaneers football is back, but that means it's the hottest time of the year for us Floridians. If you're planning on going to any of the games this year, make sure you check out our friends at Cool Towel. It's an all-natural, instant cooling towel. No water, no refrigeration, no prep of any kind is needed before use. Just take it out of the bag, shake it up, and it's good to go. Best of all, you can use it again when you're done with the resealable pouch. Make sure you check them out online at cooltowel.com, and when you place your order, tell them Red sent you. Understand that this is the 2018 Bucks. You know, it's a whole different vibe, whole different energy. You know, it's like, ah, oh, you know what I mean? You can, you can smile a little bit, you know? And since I got here, man, we've just been grinding. And guys got the same exact goal, man, and just coming together as a team. Here's. Leroy's after it. Sad by Gerald McCoy. And Williams fires over the middle of Giles. Open 40. It's a foot race. OJ Howard, touchdown Tampa Bay. I'll start up the gut. He goes to the end zone. Inside the 2-1, touchdown Tampa Bay. It's intercepted. And the 10, going coast to coast. High three, two, one, touchdown Brent Ryan. Yeah, those up the middle. It's intercepted. And the 40, Derrick Brooks, 30. One, Alexander will take it to the house. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Streaming live on YouTube and available on iTunes and Google Play Music. We're here for episode number 38. And I really never thought that we'd have to be in this position again talking about this topic. But here we are, back again for a brand new episode. If you're new around here, I am your host, the Bias Buck fan, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. And uh, here we are. Buccaneers are 3-4. and four. Just lost a tough one on the road, 37-34, against the Cincinnati Bengals. In a sloppy game. And if we have to blame anyone for it, it's going to be quarterback Jameis Winston. Four interceptions. And just a stat line, let me read you two stat lines here, okay? I put them on the top of my notes because this is the topic of today's show. It's pretty much going to be the quarterback controversy that we just talked about four weeks ago. And we just talked about how we're not going to talk about it anymore. And here we are spending an entire show talking about the future of the Buccaneers at quarterback. So here are the two stat lines. You've got Jameis Winston. Played about three quarters of football. 18 for 35, 276 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions. He should have thrown six. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes into the game, albeit he is under zero pressure to win. But he goes 11 for 15, 194 yards, two touchdowns, 
and zero interceptions. So, Evan, I know I've been kind of uh, doing my own thing here, but not a good look from the Bucks right now. Not a good look for Jameis Winston right now, a guy that we have defended time and time again here on this program. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little worried and I'm a little scared. <laughs> so uh, let's try and figure this thing out. What's going on? I know Cutter said today that Fitz gets the start against division rivals Carolina. That's going to be a tough game. Uh, but uh, where do we go from here? Your guess is as good as mine um, because I don't know. I, I mean, I wish I could I could give you a solid answer. I can speculate, but, I mean, I do not know. I would not want to be Dirk Cutter or Jason Light right now because that is – it's a big decision. Yeah, it, it really this is. is. A, this is a year that these guys are n not only already fighting for their jobs, which – you know, I'm surprised. I don't know about Jason Light so much, but I'm honestly surprised Dirk Cutter is here this year. He just had to fire longtime friend and uh, co-worker Mike Smith. You know, Mike Smith, the guy who gave him a job at one point. And we're back here again trying to figure out why the quote-unquote franchise quarterback isn't performing up to his potential in year four in the NFL. He's not a rookie. It's not his second year. It's not his slump year. It's year four. It's getting harder and harder to defend this guy. Four straight games with two or more interceptions. Four picks on uh, four picks on Sunday. And they yanked him out of the ball game because he just wasn't playing up to potential, and he lost us that game. We've talked about this on the show that, you know, are we going to worry about Jameis when he comes back and starts throwing interceptions? Because we knew that was going to happen. We said it was going to happen. But are we going to worry about Jameis when he starts throwing four interceptions and loses us the game? And we said that we would. And here we are. And, and that's exactly what happened. Now, you know, as you said, your guess is as good as mine. Cutter came out today and said that Fitz gets the start. I, I just... <sighs> I'm tired of talking about this. I thought we were past this. <laughs> you know, he, he damn near threw four interceptions in the first half of Sunday's game. He only connected for two. His second interception, though, had to be probably the worst thrown ball of his professional career. And I'm counting college. Because he had his moments in college. You look at the Rose Bowl game. But, I'm, I, I mean, this second interception... And you know the one that I'm talking about, I hope. Um, it was just, there was a tweet that summed it up perfectly. And it was it was filmed from that interception. And it says, you know, sometimes I just feel like Jameis Winston forgets how to play football. And it, I don't know. I'm going to talk about it all night. But let me, uh, let me get your two cents on it, man. Because this is, this is inexcusable right now. Well, uh... So based on I, I went back and I looked at his interceptions, and that one you're referring to was the one on. There's the second one he threw it basically right to a linebacker, but if you look closer, it appears that his hand is hit before he throws the ball, and that might have impacted it a little bit. And still, obviously, can't happen. It was still a, a poorly thrown ball, but it seemed as if and even. When the uh, one person uh, had told me even that his hand was hit uh, when when he threw it, so 
but the other two, the one in the end zone, that's dumb. He had home home for each wide open. I I don't know what goes through the guy's head. I and it's I, one of those. I really don't. And it's one of those things too. You know, you look at the weather. It was a very windy day in Cincinnati. Is that an excuse? No, but it's. It, you know, it, it's one of those things that it definitely impacts things. It impacts how you throw the ball. It impacts your timing, all of those things. I don't play as a quarterback in the NFL, so I don't get paid to know what that feels like, but I know it can't be easy to throw a football but in winds that are thing, over 15 right? miles that's an hour. You're, you're, you're an NFL quarterback. I don't care. Right. I you do to... not care. Get the job done. Right. Now, the thing is, Four interceptions, obviously a terrible day. I would say that this is the worst game of Jameis Winston's career. But, although it's inexcusable, we've seen what this offense can do with a quarterback who knows how to make the right decisions. And that quarterback, obviously, being Ryan Fitzpatrick, you've got endless offensive weapons that can be utilized And just something doesn't connect here for Jameis. We've seen Fitz do it. And I'm going to say this. Fitz is not a great quarterback. He is a veteran backup. He's everything that we need him to be. In the first three weeks of the season. The first three weeks of the season, he was everything we needed and more. But he's not a great quarterback. We had talked about right before Jameis came back. Yes, Jameis is the more talented quarterback of the two. But something's not working here. He still is. Jameis still, I, yeah, I agree with you. Is. He still is. But something is not clicking here, and something has obviously got to give. Now, uh, the debate has become, is Sunday in Cincinnati, would you say that that was Jameis's last game in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform? I want to say no, but it's, I don't know. Uh, I'm leaning toward Jess. Uh, just because... Just because of really how Fitzpatrick played. Um, and, I mean, you know, it is weird because a lot of people have pointed out uh, how, you know, it's it's weird that the offensive lines suddenly look dominant, right, when Fitzpatrick came in. Yeah. Um, and then receivers were getting basically wide open. Like, that didn't happen with Jameis, you know? Like, that, that's the only thing I, I don't get. And I know a lot of those, and everybody's, says, oh, the locker room hates Jameis. That locker room loves Jameis. Um, you know, he's he's been their leader for the past four years. You know, they're, they know that he's going to do anything to win. He's going to sacrifice his body. But it's just really weird that when Jameis Winston is in there, the offensive line isn't doing their job as well as they can. And when Fitzpatrick comes in, I'm not accusing the offensive line of loafing or anything like that, but I'm just saying it's, it's just weird, you know. Um, yeah. One thing I will say uh, is that you know, Winston, here's the thing that hurts. Here's the, the most frustrating part for me. Because it's so frustrating because he has talent, just like we had said, right? He's honestly, based on pure upside, he's if you're talking about pure upside, he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. If you're talking about stealing. Yeah. Right? But and he'll, and he'll be fine in a game, but he'll make two to three, three to four plays a game that can't happen. 
sometimes they were they don't result in interceptions. Sometimes they do. This time, the three to four plays resulted in interceptions. And you're right when you said he should have thrown six, maybe seven. I mean, he was just off, man. It, it's and then that that may have cost him his job in Tampa Bay. I I'm not gonna. I don't don't know what they're gonna do in quarterback. From you know, obviously we know what they're doing this week. I don't even know what they're doing next week. You know, um, the versus the Redskins. Uh, then a week after that, and a week after that, I really I don't know. Yeah. All I know is that if Fitz plays decent, they're not going to take him out. I mean, Fitzpatrick would have to play bad um, to get James. And back also, in. Uh, maybe Ryan Griffin, because um, see, the thing is, the Bucks. Yes, the Bucks picked up James's fifth year option, right? Which is twenty million dollars. So that's next year, but. The Bucks can get out of that if James Winston doesn't get hurt. The only way to not get him hurt is to not play him. So if they truly are out, right, which I honestly, I don't think they are officially 100% out, um, but we'll see, right, then they'll just inactivate him, and Griffin will be the backup, you know. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think they're out. So I had said something earlier today that I don't think that's James Winston's last start because I think he'll get at least one more shot um, sometime this season. But I mean, he has to be almost perfect in that shot. It's now. Now here's something that I wanted uh. to bring up and a comparison that I wanted to make because I've heard it tossed around and I haven't seen a whole lot of people talking about it or thinking about it this way. But I want to make a comparison. Jameis Winston is not Jared Goff, but let's take a look at Jared Goff under Jeff Fisher, and then let's take a look at Jared Goff under Sean McVay, what he's been able to do with all the offensive weapons that they have in Los Angeles. It's a different team, it's a different mentality, but really what brought Jared Goff into the limelight was ultimately that coaching change. You've got Jameis Winston on the other hand, comes into the league, Lovey Smith is head coach, builds a connection there. And over his first four years in the NFL, he has shown improvement. We might not, we may not have seen it because he's given up the ball more than 70 times in, what was it, 48 games, I believe. You know, he's shown improvement in his completion passing rate. Two years in, you bring in Dirk Cutter, his completion rate goes up for that third year. And then now it seems like something is lost in translation. And I don't know, I mean, obviously you can put this on Jameis. You can. And you can't say that this organization has not done everything in their power to put elite talent around him. You've got Mike Evans, who is on pace to having one of his best years since being in the league. He, he's, he's been an animal so far. He, he got your midseason MVP, I believe, on the offense. And then you bring in Deshaun Jackson. You bring in O.J. Howard. You bring in guys that he can vary things up with on that offense and make things happen. And that's exactly... What this offense was able to do, this offense with Ryan picks up a lot of yards. They pick up a lot of yards. Like Jameis Winston already has a thousand yards. Like did they pick up yards? Exactly. It's just they just for some reason, and the turnovers are killing them. And not only is it killing them on offense, but it's killing them on defense too. I mean, they haven't had a turnover since week three. Are, are you kidding me? Yeah. And and talking about this defense against Cincinnati, they're not out of the woodshed either. I wouldn't say they did a terrible job. They obviously didn't go out there and in, throw in the second half. They did their job. They did their job. But I, I will go on record and say that this pass rush was almost non-existent. Yeah, the JPP sack because obviously JPP is an animal. Two of them. But what else did they have going on? 
Had no turnovers. Nothing. No pressure on Andy Dalton. He was pretty much able to throw the ball whenever he wanted to. That's what won them the game on that last drive. We had no timeouts. Yep. They were able to move uh, the ball uh, any way they wanted down the field, and they ultimately did that, kicking the game-winning field goal, making it 37-34. And honestly, I wasn't expecting a Bucks rally towards the end there. Fitz came in, looked calm, did what he had to do, and was able to connect two huge two huge touchdowns, and the Bucks are back in the game. He got the two-point conversion as well. That was badass. But for mm-hmm. one, the defense went out there and gave it up. That's it. I wouldn't say, you know, they went out there and did their job second half, but it was up to them to ultimately win us that game. And yes, four interceptions is going to lose you any football game. But we're past that now. We're talking about the defense here. You know, I was hoping we could pick up off of last week's success under Duffner because that defense did a hell of a job against Cleveland. Uh, Pass rush was non-existent. And the secondary... We saw guys looking lost again, miscommunication, blown coverages. And what I'm thinking is, I don't know if it's just an easy system to abuse at this point because it has been streamlined and simplified for the younger guys. Um, but something is something is missing there as well. Joe Mixon, I mean, he took our guys. Yeah. He bent them over. He did whatever he wanted to. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's, I mean, and they, they actually didn't play horrible, but it just... Yeah, it wasn't was uh, it? It wasn't what it should have been. Is is what I'll say. No, no. And then honestly, I mean, Chandler Catanzaro might not have a job by Wednesday. I would oh, say. Yeah. Is I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I didn't know if they would cut him today. But because I don't even think like the players are in the building today, but they're not really doing much. I think maybe tomorrow. But if they don't come tomorrow, then he's going to stay for another week. And I guess it's okay in Jason Light's eyes that. If you miss one kick, but make the rest of them, you're fine. No, it's not fine. Well, uh, the Bucks just recently, I, they I worked would, out. I would, understand, they, they I would out. understand if it was a 53-yard field goal, right? Just, yeah. just, let me talk, just let me say this real quick, and you can go. No, Sorry you're all about good. that. It's good, man. A 53-yard field goal once a game. All right, you miss it. Fine. This is an extra point we're talking about here, you know? Um, and a lot of people are going to say, oh, he cost him the game. Well, not really, because Randy Bullock... The Bengals kicker also missed the extra point, and the Bucks got the two-point conversion. So, I mean, Catanzaro didn't lose him the game, but he definitely didn't help. I mean, yeah. the Bucks had struggled on offense all day. They finally scored a touchdown from a Jameis Winston to Deshaun Jackson deep ball, right? Um, might touch on the rumors of Deshaun Jackson a little later because, oh, yeah. surprisingly, we actually do have an NFL trade deadline tomorrow. Um, so, basically... So the team's hyped up. He's, oh, man, finally got that deep ball figured out with Jackson. He was requesting a trade frustrated. Now he's not. He's good. And you go out, and, I mean, that was just a miss hit. I mean, that was just horrible. So, like you said, they worked out some kickers. Um, it was Carlos Santos, and I don't the remember the, names of the other kickers. one. Sam Ficken. Sam Ficken. He's a okay. Penn State guy. Um, was with the Rams earlier this year. I would I, – I, I had the bet. Santos is going to be the kicker at some point this year i don't know when and we had talked about point. we had talked about santos here on the show before he was a guy we were looking at before like the him. season even started he was I he like was in him. here for competition and yeah you and i both determined we liked him you know but you had brought up that trade deadline that is tomorrow and at this point i, I really wonder if anything's going to happen 
You know, people had obviously brought up let's let's package a deal for a guy like Le'Veon Bell or Landon Collins nope. or I, well, I don't think anything like that. I got a happen. trade. I got a trade proposal for Landon Collins. You ain't gonna like it, but I got it. All right, well, lay it on me, man. Jameis Winston. Just Jameis Winston, or are we talking Jameis Winston like, in a second or like, third round? Like Jameis or? Winston, like Jameis Winston for Landon Collins and like a third round pick. And, and that's because the thing. that that'd be more value going to the Giants. So you got to even out with a third round pick. So yeah, I would do it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I would. <laughs> I mean, with that offensive line in New York, I don't think Jameis would be able to succeed either. Um, okay, yeah, but, that, but that's not – I'm just saying, you know, that's not uh, – that doesn't matter to me, right? You're not trying to do Jameis any any favors here by, oh, we're, oh you're, it's a bad offensive line. You know, if you find a deal good enough, take it. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not I mean, saying that. <laughs> I'm just – I'm kind of – I'm kind of looking at it in the broad scale of things because what I have heard and, and what I have to solemnly agree with is that Jameis is a very talented quarterback. Nobody can take that away from him. As pissed off as you can be, about he's going to stay in the league a long time. time. He's going to stay in the league a long time because he can he can move the ball down the field. Yep. It's just occasionally he has the turnovers. Occasionally, he has thrown ten interceptions. <laughs> That's politely. That's politely. He has thrown ten interceptions in what three and a half games. Hey, but he's taking care of the ball better with fumbles. I mean, that's something he actually did improve on. I, I will say that. Okay. Um, he's okay. getting better of awareness. Yeah, in the he's pocket. not dropping the ball as much, but you know, he gives it up twice as many times a football game. But at least he doesn't drop it on the ground anymore. Ooh, Red's getting a little. All right, <laughs> I like this side of Red. Here we go. Hey, man, it's just it's one of those things. I know everyone's Teddy Bridgewater season. Teddy Bridgewater season. Listen, listen, I have brought that up multiple times. Teddy I love Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. I love Teddy. I love Teddy. I think Teddy is is ultimately, if you're looking to go in this He's direction, good. and the Bucks are looking to ultimately pick up a new quarterback in the near future, and I can't believe we're talking about this, because just three weeks yeah. ago on this very same show, I said, Jameis is the future. We don't need to worry about it once he comes back in. And here we are, ten interceptions, and two losses later. It's... <sighs> it's aggravating. It's aggravating because the point is, we've talked about this before. It's Jameis's fourth year in the league. Everything that is happening is inexcusable. And I just, I don't know what else there is to do right now. So if you're, so if you had to theorize, if you had to say this is what's going to happen with Jameis Winston. And you can include anybody you want. You can say, this is what happens with Jameis Winston and Dirk Cutter. This is what happens with Dirk Cutter and Jason Light. You can do anything you want. But if you had to make a prediction for this Buccaneers franchise oh, come week God. one of next year, oh, God. who's your starting quarterback, who's your head oh. coach, and who's your general manager? <laughs> Let's be real oh, here. Because right God. now, this is, this is the most All up right. in the air that I've been when it comes not... to this topic. I'm not going to give you any names. All three are different. Really? I'm going to say that right now. All three are different. Okay, so let's yeah. say let's if say... if I had if I had my way, let's let's see if I if I had my way, if I was the Glazers, right? My head coach would be John DeFlippo, the Vikings offensive coordinator, former Eagles quarterbacks coach. Okay, he's looked good in Minnesota. He's brought Kirk Cousins to the top shape. He's working in, in with those weapons similar to what the Bucks have, right? 
Um, my quarterback would be former Vikings quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And my GM would probably be, I'd have to say, uh, I believe it's Joe Doug. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't understand the, the people that that think like he's just going to come in to be a savior. Answer. Like he he hasn't really done much <laughs> regarding this. Okay, yeah, he's the president of the storm or whatever. That's different. Oh, rest in peace, Tampa Bay Storm. They ceased operations just a couple of years ago. Uh, They're not well, doing a right. damn thing nowadays. Oh, that's it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, well, anyways, and my GM would be Joe Douglas, who's also the current, I believe. Vice President of the Eagles, I think something like that. Okay, I, I think uh, no, he's yeah, he's Vice President of Player Personnel. So ah, okay. So that that's that's what I would do. But if you're asking me what I think, I have no idea. And and that's that's the theme of everything we're talking about today is just the uncertainty of it. Because the way that I see it, I don't think Jameis is gone. I don't. I think Wait, this is the like, closest like he has this season? been. Like, you, you think he's here next year? I Well, that I don't know. But if we're talking riding out the rest of the season? Oh, no, no. I don't, I don't think they're going to trade him. No. no. I don't think he's going tomorrow. But No, 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 no. Taking a look at things, I, I think this is the closest he has been to being gone in a very, very I think this is the closest he's been to being gone since he's started in the NFL. Oh, easily. And everything is just so suspect right now. You know, we talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back. If he plays great, then that is awesome. But I truly believe something that, you know, you had stated earlier. I think Fitz is going to play three games. And I think in those three games, he's going to throw four interceptions over the course of three games. I think Jameis comes back and that game that he comes back as the starter I don't know which one it is Fitz could go in and play for two weeks Fitz could go in and play for the rest of the season I don't know but if Jameis comes back and I'll be 100% honest with you if Jameis comes back as the starter after Fitz is done doing whatever he does let's say this team is three weeks from now they are three and seven. Oh boy let's say this team is three and seven Jameis comes back throws for 300 yards two interceptions and three touchdowns, I think he's gone. Yeah, uh, yeah I, well, I'm just saying, if Fitzpatrick starts the rest of the year, Jameis is gone. Like, and, oh, if, yeah. and then also, if, if Jameis Winston is inactive once, he's gone. If, it, if this Sunday he's inactive, he's done. Because, because that means that they don't want to risk Fitzpatrick getting injured and having to put Winston in there and him get injured and then be on the books for $20 million next year. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. Well, let's talk about Ryan Griffin in this situation as well, because Ryan Griffin never played an NFL snap, by the way. So never played an NFL snap. But what we have seen from him, albeit two or three preseasons now, he's a consistent oh, yeah. well, who's guy. The, who's the best quarterback? Who was the best quarterback in the preseason? This preseason? This preseason? Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't right, want to well. talk about that. The one with the glove. The one with the glove, huh? <laughs> All right. The Teddy Bridgewater? The, the Teddy Bridgewater wears two gloves, gloves man. Come on. Coming out of the preseason, we had talked about how Jameis looked great, and we wanted preseason Jameis. And, and he was rated the best quarterback, by the way. So. Yeah. Yikes. Look well, how far Teddy, we've Teddy come. Bridgewater was, 
Teddy Bridgewater was rated not far behind him, so maybe my, my prediction or my my wanting of him is is not good either. So, hey, hey, all right. So that's about all we've got to say on that Bucks quarterback situation. It really is up in the air right now. Okay, um, well, okay, well, so I'm going to ask you the same question. Okay. Week one, 2019. Who's this Bucks starting quarterback, head coach, not starting head coach? But you know, what I mean, head coach or general manager. Uh, I'll agree with you here. I think if the Bucks do make a move on a quarterback, it will be Teddy Bridgewater if he's available. I think he is. And the by the best way, guys, available. this isn't. We don't have like sources or anything. This is our preference <laughs> right now. This yeah, isn't. This is like, all. This is all. Don't prediction. go. Don't go breaking news or anything like that here. This is one hundred percent prediction. I will say Teddy Bridgewater. Jason Light is is a very slippery slope for me right now, dude. I don't see. I don't see how he can survive. If the Bucks finish nine and seven and get rid of Jameis, I think Jason Light stays. Do they make the playoffs at nine seven? Hell no. Okay. Hell Whoa. No. Not in this division. Right. The Saint. The Saints keep winning. The Panthers apparently keep pulling wins out of their ass. Who beat the Who beat the Saints? By the way, that's so funny to me. We did. That's uh, so week funny. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Week one with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is also starting uh, this. Sunday honestly, if you Carolina. want me to be, if you want me honest, the Saints aren't that good. They're good, but they're not like six and one good. Because the next week versus the Browns, week two, they're the they Browns almost, kicker. They almost lost. The Browns kicker missed like three or four kicks, and they would have lost if he made like two of them. And then last week, Justin Tucker misses an extra point to tie it, which he never does. So they've they could have lost some games. They could have. They also could have not fired their head coach after the best start of his career as a Browns head coach. But Hugh Jackson was gone. Todd Haley is gone all today. There I don't you want to talk about that because we are dangerously close to having something like that happen here in Tampa Bay. Let's talk about yeah, the tread deadline and, tomorrow. Let's talk about Deshaun Jackson. All right. So we've had these rumors floating around the past couple of days. If you had not heard, I don't know where you've been, but Deshaun Jackson requested a trade out of Tampa. Immediate reaction from everything that I had seen was that the Bucks weren't in a hurry to get rid of them. And – Right now, I don't think he's gone tomorrow before the deadline. I think he stays for the rest of the season, especially since he's already clearly expressed gratitude that Ryan Fitzpatrick is coming He's happy. Yep, he's happy. He's gotten what he wanted. I'm sure that he can ride out the rest of the season and do what he has to do. I don't think he's gone tomorrow. Um, but we finally got to see that long ball between Jameis and uh, Deshaun, but it, what, what's the cost here? I don't think he goes anywhere before the deadline, but having a player that clearly says that he doesn't want to be around can't be too good for business. Now, I don't think he's a buck next season, but do you think we see anything interesting from him throughout the rest of the season, or do you think he goes out there, does his job, and then just leaves after the postseason? Well, well, um... I think he he's going either way. I, it doesn't it, I don't, it didn't matter who the quarterback was next season. It's just they're off the hook for ten million dollars. It's he's just 32, 33 years old. It's just not. They have Chris Godwin. They want to re-sign Adam Humphreys, which was reported by Scott Reynolds that the Bucks would like to get a long-term deal done with Adam Humphreys. Now, if Jason Light's gone, maybe that changes. You know, um, I don't know. Um, I think Jackson plays fine think he'll be what do you need him to be he'll be a deep play threat he'll get a few more deep laws um we'll see but i i don't see a trade um i don't see a trade happening 
Um, and you know, everybody blows things out of proportion. You don't even know if he had actually said that because right. he never said it. You know, yeah, he, like it's he not like he. Yeah, and there was a report actually during the game that maybe a team that wanted Jackson had leaked that to kind of force the Bucks to trade him. Sheesh. So, I mean, that's the little cat and mouse game that you play. Nice and shady. Um, but anyways, I just recalled something. You answered the quarterbacks when I asked you that question. You answered the quarterback. <laughs> you answered the general manager, but you did not answer the head coach. Who's the head coach of this football team? Oh, man, you're really putting this one on me. Here's the way hey. that I look at it. I think I personally believe that if Jameis goes, I don't think light. And Cutter go well, depending on the season. Let me clarify that. If Fitz comes out, plays the rest of the year, obviously Jameis is gone, but if Fitz comes out, plays the rest of the year, the Bucks finish nine and seven or ten and six. Even if they miss the playoffs, I think Dirk Cutter stays because we finally no, have an offensive unit. He's he, no. No? I'm telling you right now. If they don't make the playoffs, Dirk Cutter's gone. <sighs> but at ten and six, I think they would make the playoffs, so yeah, but let's say the realistically, last... let's say realistically, they finish nine and seven, ten and six, and they miss the wild card by that much. I don't care. That's a ten and six how, football how, team. That is a playoff much, caliber football team. How much longer are you going to settle for not getting to the playoffs? And I mean, what has what has Cutter what has Cutter shown you? Do you trust him? Do I trust? I Cutter? don't. Yeah, I don't. I trust his staff he, he, offensively. He, over, he overplays. He overplays Jaquiz Rogers. He yeah, he does. Doesn't I don't know why Jaquiz Rogers is in there. Timeouts are terrible. He doesn't. He doesn't utilize Deshaun Jackson nearly as much as he should. He sends Adam Humphreys out there for every freaking punt return. I mean, come on. The red ah. zone offense. The red zone offense still sucks. You can't. You have a freaking. You have a freaking kicker that can't make a kick, and you still send him out there instead of going for two. It's it's dumb. You're, you're, he, threw, he threw a challenge, a challenge flag yesterday on a play that was clearly a first down. He wasted did. a he timeout. Time for it. Wasted, he was right there. Right there. Oh, my God. Whatever, man. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> Jason, Jason Light, all I'm saying is in that organization, Jason Light has more pull than Dirk Cutter. However... Yeah. I don't think there's ever been a scenario where a GM has been able to pick a quarterback, two quarterbacks. Oh, no, I, I, I agree with you there. I, I don't know how many like times you I've ever get heard. one shot. I, I don't know how many times I've ever heard of a GM, you know, getting to handpick two quarterbacks. I agree with like you there. Maybe, and I'll agree with maybe you. If light, maybe if Light can sell them on this idea of getting Bridgewater, maybe he can stay. But well, that's I, where I, I think wanted... Cutter's a dead man walking unless they make the playoffs. Okay. I can agree with you there. I can agree with you on all the cons of Dirk Cutter because I have my complaints with the man as well. But something we can't dispute, the run game is non-existent, but this is a top five passing offense in the NFL, even with a quarterback who shits the bed and throws four interceptions. Obviously, that wasn't an offense that was on display last week. But it's something we've seen consistently throughout his time here is this being a top ten, top five passing offense. With or without Jameis Winston. Hell, they did a much better job without Jameis Winston this year. We've already addressed that. But I think if this offense keeps humming and they finish it 10-6 and six and miss the playoffs because of Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis is gone. And I just, I do not think Dirk Cutter is gone. 
I don't. Now here's but, a real, here's a real question though. Does Fitzpatrick retire? Yes, I don't. I, I think I. I Mm. He's having fun, man. Mm. He's having fun. Hey. <laughs> man, see, see what this does to people. It brings out the wild side of everybody. Dude, I don't I, know. I, I got to tell you, I've seen the worst of this Buccaneers franchise uh, or fan base this week. It's... I don't know. <sighs> and, and, oh, by the way, Red, it's only Monday, so get yeah. ready. Yeah, yeah. We're not even uh, – we're barely 24 hours removed from that loss yesterday. And oh, and by the way, you realize they have to win in Carolina, right? Or else the season's yeah. like over. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go three and five. There's no fixing that, especially no. with uh, the schedule that you, you have left. There is no, there is no sign. Now they were three and five in 2016 when well, they, they were two and five, five a year ago today. We were talking about it a year ago today on the show. The Bucks were two and five. We were talking go, about so. Jameis Winston a year ago today. It's it's improved. They're three and four now. It's improvement. See, don't. <laughs> Fire Dirk Cutter. Don't get rid of James Winston. Do nothing. Don't don't counter me like that because that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm just saying it is. I mean, this is a better team. It, it's simple. It is. Um, however, one game. If, you, if if you go three and five, if you go three and five, there's this defense hasn't shown any signs of being able to put on the level that they did in 2016 to go on a five game win streak. You know, three and five, that five game win streak saved Cutter's job. He would have been fired last year, even if they didn't get John Gruden, which they wanted to. They were only going to fire Dirk Cutter if they got John Gruden. They offered John Gruden six years, $60 million. But the only thing is they didn't offer him personnel control, and that's what he wanted. So that's why he didn't come here. Um, And what a bullet we dodged there because you see exactly what he's done with Oakland. Well, no, see, no, that's the thing. They wouldn't have dodged a bullet because they didn't offer him personnel control. If Gruden would have accepted that, it would have been light run the show, not Gruden, and that's what he didn't want. So that would actually that would have been nice, but I'm not gonna <laughs> lie because I, mean, I feel like yeah. you know he's he's a really good coach, but just a horrible personnel manager. But and we've seen what Jason um, Light has done with personnel. Look at yeah. Carl Nassib. Look at JPP. Two guys we talk about G- on the show every JPP. damn week. JPP. Oh my God, he's so good. He's so I, I, good. I I I. I didn't even expect him to be this good for the Buccaneers this year. I expect him to get around eight sacks. Yeah, we were and looking at a guy dude, who... Dude, uh, he's going to get like 13. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. 10 plus, no doubt. But th- this is breaking a guy the, Breaking were, the curse. The curse has been lifted. This is a guy that we talked about coming in when we picked him up, Jason Light making that move. We said, oh, this is JPP. He's great edge rusher. But he's coming out of his prime. He's not the player that he was two, three years ago. And look at him having... A career year, but let's talk a little bit more about this game on Sunday. So, we were talking about Dirk Cutter, and I wanted to bring up Dirk Cutter for this specific reason. Because the play calling on Sunday looked awfully suspect. I saw the run-run-pass pattern on several three-and-outs, and it looked awful Dirk Cutter-ish to me. I don't know if it's because this offense is easy to learn when you're a defense scouting the Bucks, And I don't know if Todd Munkin is still calling every single offensive snap, but you he's saw not. what I saw. What do you think? I don't, I don't think he's calling every single offensive snap. However, I sort of have a theory. I think that Todd Munkin is calling the plays for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but not for James Winston. I truly think that that Munkin is now. I, I'm not saying Munkin is complete. Like it's just Cutter when Winston's in there, but I feel like Cutter has more say. Is maybe Cutter's like, yo, I know what James' strengths are. 
let me I'll you send in this call, I might make some adjustments to it or something like that. That's what I'm talking about. I think that when like the first three weeks, Cutter was like, All right, Munkin, like, you got fits, you know what his strengths are, let's do it. And then once Jameis comes back, we'll see what goes on. But dude, that looks like a lot of dirt cutter offense out there. That's what I'm saying, man. It's 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 what we saw against Cleveland in that safety position. Uh, dude, that was where you're so... pinned against you know, your own one yard line. We saw that against Cincinnati. And it, that... it only happened when Jameis Winston came back. That's why I'm telling you, I seriously think that Dirk Cutter is calling the place for Jameis Winston. And then they barely throw the ball deep when Jameis Winston's in, right? Well, the when thing with throwing the ball. When, when Fitzpatrick got in, they threw the ball deep like four times. Well, let's take a look at this, too, because I wanted to bring this up. And I don't remember the exact play. I want to say it was the Deshaun Jackson touchdown from Jameis. But there was a situation where Jameis had to throw the long ball twice in a row, and it's because it was the same damn play twice in a row. It was mm-hmm. an offset eye. I don't remember the running back, but it was an offset eye. wasn't a play action. Jameis dropped back, looked, looked, threw the deep ball. Incomplete the first time. I think it was like the miscommunication with Deshaun. Second time, he nails it. Deshaun Jackson walks in for a touchdown. That's some dirt cutter shit. Mm-hmm. That is dirt cutter written all over it. So you the know same what? If you can... <laughs> If you can give me, let's see how this Sunday goes against Carolina, and and, and let's talk about this next week. But if this Dirk Cutter stuff starts adding up, then I'm going to be a little upset here, because we've seen just how good this offense can be. And dead, if, dead man walking. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about the game on Sunday were these damn penalties. This was a sloppy showing from a sloppy team. I mean, we had multiple huge plays being brought back because of sloppy blocking, holding calls, offsides. I think we had, what, four or five offsides calls? Dude, that was ridiculous. This was JPP, sloppy football. Carl Nassib, it didn't matter who it was. Andy Dalton was killing him with the hard kill. And we had this discussion last week talking about the Cleveland game. We're like, yeah, you know, we're glad Cleveland's Cleveland because look at how far the Bucks have come. And here we are, back to square one. Penalties ultimately lose you the game there's so many factors that go into winning a football game and when you're just constantly i don't want to say breaking the rules on all of them but when you're just being sloppy it's what loses you football games yeah. and it's what every single box fan is tired of talking about we're tired of losing our voice over this yeah i, I mean you know the thing i want to i want to put your back against the wall one more time so do you honestly see this team going nine and seven or ten and six no, from here in the okay. rest of the season. Okay. No. So you said that if they go nine seven or ten six, that Dirk Cutter stays. So yes. if you don't think that, then you don't think Dirk Cutter is here. No, 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 no. So no. do you uh, think? Right. Yeah, okay. So who do you think's the head coach? That that's all. That's all. You know, because I feel like I feel like it's almost the same boat for Jason Light too. How do you feel like Todd Munkin would do in a head coaching position? Well, I mean, if they get rid of Jason Light, there's no chance Munkin would stay on. Because I mean, if they if they bring on a GM, he might just want his want to handpick his head coach, and and you know, and I doubt, I highly doubt that head coach would be Todd Munkin, or I mean, Munkin would even stay on the staff. Yeah, I'm telling you one thing: they really like Brenston Buckner, but if Light's <laughs> gone, it won't matter. God, man. 
we are teetering on the edge of a rebuild. Dude, well, no, well, uh, see, a lot of people are calling it that. I don't. You know why? Chris Godwin's like 23, right? O.J. Howard's like 23. Uh, Mike Evans, if, why? while he is considered like a veteran, he's like 25, right? Quan you Alexander's got, young. Quan Alexander. You have Ali Marpet. You have uh, Vita Vea, who we hope actually, he actually the Bucks dodged feared. Yeah, I, dude, I had no clue. I didn't know he went down. I, I had no idea. Dude, I was like, wait a minute. He almost tore his ACL. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you you hopefully have Ronald Jones, who's turned the corner, but unfortunately got injured and is going to miss some time. Um, well, also, that's Cutter for not playing him. So nice MJ job. Stewart also hurt. MJ Stewart, but MJ Stewart's been bad. He's not good. Um, oh. But anyway, the other one, Carlton Davis, is a stud. Um, yeah. So you got him. Right as the future, you got Justin Evans as the future. So there are a lot of building blocks here where I wouldn't say it's a full rebuild. Okay. You need, need a few a few pieces here and there. Uh, you have Jensen along the offensive line who's going to be a mainstay. Donovan Smith has played decent enough to deserve a contract. Um, so yeah, we're gonna you're gonna actually be getting more money than you thought freed up next year because you thought you were going to be paying Jameis Winston. So so you th- so you think we'll be fine. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> like Eventually. maybe not like like this isn't gonna be like another four or five years. I'm talking maybe uh, maybe a down year next year, and then that's it. Uh, like just just for basically just almost like development purposes. I mean, or even if if they get the right head coach in here and get a, a rookie quarterback or Bridgewater catches fire, this team could go from worst to first easily. Well, that's the thing, they too. Have a you, lot look of at, talent. you look at the Rams and what they were able to do with Sean McVay. I'm making a lot of comparisons to L.A. It's not like we're going to pack up and leave Tampa anytime soon, but should that was a team. Works to first situation. Get rid of Jeff Fisher. Bring in Sean McVay, a younger guy. Young, apparently able to minded head coach. I mean, and then Young. you go out and steal every star Dude. on every NFL team. So, I mean, I don't know if that's something we'd be able to do. I'm sure it how probably they, is when you save $20 million. How would they get Marcus Peters for a fourth-round pick? How do you do that? And how did the Bucks not do that? What the heck? Yeah. Oh my God. They, they shouldn't have got. They shouldn't have re-signed Brent Grimes. They should have given up a fourth-round pick for Marcus Peters, and they should have drafted Carlton Davis. Davis and Peters are two corners. That sounds much better to me. Yeah. Um, but anyways, let's move on. We're not going to really talk about the future much because this isn't the offseason. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, you know, this isn't the offseason. You would. You would really think taking a look at a lot of Buck social media. Like I said, man, I, I've seen the worst. Oh, yeah. I don't even know why they're going to play any more games because it's already over. So Yeah. I, I, I have seen the worst of this Bucks fan base this past week. And let me say that as pissed off as we can be at Jameis Winston, four interceptions is unacceptable. Ten interceptions is unacceptable over the course of how many games he has been back. Four. It's unacceptable. You can't do that and win football games. You can be so mad at Jameis, and if you don't think he's going to be here next year, that's great. But some of the things that I've seen that are being said about him, about his family. See, yeah, it's if you go on his uh, his wife, uh, I want to say it's his wife. If you go on his wife's social media pages, and I got to say, this one kind of did make me giggle. <laughs> I won't lie to you. But she had posted a picture of Jameis' son today. And the top comment, <laughs> it said, man, that boy looks like he's about to throw four interceptions. Oh, my God. It's uncalled for. 
It's a little funny because right. of the savagery behind it. It's not right. Uh, uh, <laughs> man, that's messed up. That's see, I don't, I don't know. Some fans take it too far. No, I'll agree with you there. Some fans take it too far. I wouldn't. I mean, I, I'll give James, I'll give James Winston this, and I'll, I'll say this. Obviously, he's not released yet, and he may not be released. You know, but the, the day he's released, I'll say it again. Right, if he is released. There's been not one football player that I've ever seen work harder than James Winston. No doubt. And if um, he leaves Because Tampa, his, his drive to be great is, is huge. It's just sometimes his mind is not there. Yeah. And I had seen some people compare this to the Josh Freeman situation, and you know who I'm talking about, and, and you shut that down immediately. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot compare Jameis Winston and Josh Freeman because Josh Freeman simply didn't want to be here. He missed the damn thing yeah. photo. Yeah, I mean, Jameis Winston, he, he, he wants to win here. Um, and he's better than Josh Freeman ever was. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but Jameis Winston is the type of quarterback where if he leaves Tampa Bay, I guarantee you he sticks around in the league. And yeah, I'll go on record stick. and say that he wins a Super Bowl. Uh, yep. I don't know about say that. that. All right. I will All say right. that Jameis wins a Super Bowl, not in Tampa. But with New England. Patriots. What, psh, dude? I I had laid out that whole theory the other day. It the was, dynasty lives on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jameis Winston gets traded to New England for whatever they want. They probably give us like a couple of packs of ramen. One of them was already opened and stale, but <laughs> he goes there. He's the successor to Brady that they've been looking for, and <laughs> he the goes Patriots on and wins five Super Bowls. Years. Bill Belichick, good for another 10 years. <laughs> Bill Belichick dies on the sideline at the last Super Bowl that they win. He's like 88 years old, still coaching. He finishes with 11 Super Bowl rings. And, my, and Dirk Cutter's the offensive coordinator because Josh McDaniels left. Yep. Yep. Ow, ouch. <laughs> I don't know, but here we are at uh, 10 interceptions later and, and really unsure of what the future holds, but... Yeah, and I mean, sorry guys, we tr- we've been trying to cover the game, the deadline, <laughs> the the game, the deadline, the future, the quarterback. There's a lot going on. I mean, really, there's there's a ton going on. Um, it's just you know, it's a, it's a lot to cram in, and we, we realize that you know, you guys want to talk about certain things, but um, we hope we're we're covering everything for you guys it's uh because it's like i said it's it's one of the more interesting weeks in in a long time for this team so yeah definitely a lot up in the air right now but i gotta say man i'm very anxious for the future and i don't know here we anxious or nervous a little bit of both not gonna lie to you little little bit of both but only thing we can do from here is watch but Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and also, one thing I want to say. Go ahead. Do the Glazers keep light because they view Fitzpatrick as a, if, if Fitzpatrick pans out, they view Fitzpatrick as a light guy? Light signed him as a free agent, and then he re-signed him this past offseason. That, that'll, that, that'll be interesting to see. Well, that reinforces my point earlier. If James leaves, I don't necessarily how... think that Cutter and Light have to go. I'm t- only cutters go. <laughs> I don't know. As we'll long, see what if, happens if they, at the end if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. If they don't make the playoffs. All right. So, Rhett, any predictions for this for this Sunday before we get out, out of here? Uh, Bucks Panthers division game. Panthers have looked good. I mean, they they whack the hell out of the Ravens. 
I want to say 35... I'm going to say 35-24 Panthers. Mm. I think Fitz comes out, throws for a pretty good day. I think, yeah, I think it'll be a fairly decent day. I'll say Deshaun Jackson has a touchdown. Mike Evans has a touchdown. And I think O.J. Howard has a touchdown. And then right. Cairo Santos kicks uh, kicks field goal. Ooh. <laughs> 24-35 is the final score. I don't know. That's what I've done. been waiting for. Yeah. That's what I've been waiting for. Um, <laughs> anyways, I'm not going to do score predictions here, really. You have to wait for Friday. And really, this means I don't know. Um, but one thing I am going to say, I think Jason Pierre-Paul is going to get another sack. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he's, he's going to keep the streak going. And I think the Buccaneers are going to get a takeaway this week on defense. Because either way, whether it's a fumble or an interception, I think they'll get some sort of takeaway on defense this week for the first time since week three. I still can't believe that. Like, they only have yeah. one turnover on, since week three. That was on special teams, the Browns. Come on. Yeah. Anthony Alclair forced that fumble. Yeah. Well, all we can do now is is just watch and, and, and pray and hope nothing drastic has to happen this offseason. But that might be the answer but ladies and gentlemen that's just about going to do it for this episode of the cannon fire podcast thank you so much for listening whether it's on youtube live with us here itunes or google play music you can follow the show on instagram at cannon fire podcast you can also find us on twitter at cannon fire pod you can follow my new instagram page bias buck fan on instagram and you can follow evan at bucks wave on instagram and twitter check out our partners at pewterreport.com for some of the best bucks coverage in the game And make sure you check out our sponsors at CoolTowel.com. I am Rhett, signing off for Evan, and we'll see you next time. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.